later in Ezekiel, we it it plainly states that the sin of of Sodom was one of inhospitable. Inhospit, inhospitable. What is the word? Inhospitability. Inhospitability. You weren't welcoming. In they were not hospitable. Not, not hospitable. hospitable. Right. No they were inhospitable. Thank you. Okay. They were well, inhospitable. Not on our second beers. What are your, what's your... I realize I'm the only one not on my second beer. Uh, I didn't realize uh, it was a two beer. Inhospitable. So they were inhospitable. <laughs> Sin of Sodom was inhospitability. Um, there was no inhospitability. There were. of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation of life and faith over a craft-brewed pint of fine wine or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Today we welcome back Rabbi Eli Friedman. Eli is a rabbi at Rodef Shalom in Philadelphia. His work includes social justice initiatives, adult education, working with young adults and young families. Rabbi Friedman, his wife, Laurel, and their daughters, Josephine and Nora, love those names, live in the wonderful Kensington neighborhood. Although you just moved, are you still in the wonderful Kensington? We moved next door. Next door. Okay. Literally next door. So less, they still less live. Or more, less or more wonderful. <laughs> less, it's, it's more wonderful, isn't it? More wonderful. Once, I, once I'm able to find my headphones, it'll be even better. <laughs> <laughs> they enjoy dining out live music and home brewing, and he loves Pub Theology. So, welcome, Rabbi. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Oh, and I was thinking before you start, uh-huh. it doesn't feel like 40 episodes from that 100th episode, does it? Like, um, it feels it feels like a lot more because that hundred episode <laughs> felt like a really long time ago. It did feel like a really long time ago, didn't it? I know I was like forty. Oh. It's only been forty. It's only it felt been... like a lot more. Plus, plus, you know, we had to the way you made us haul ass to get to hundred. I, I, man, I we've trucked on through. Like, like just the regular pacing and the breaks and so on to stretch the time out again. Hey. So. You, you know. brought me on for a reason. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it again. Sometimes things on paper. <laughs> all right. You, you, the listeners who also love us, can show your love by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Just starting at the shot glass level, a, a pittance, two dollars a month. There are other two levels you can go on as well to get some extended interviews, some swag. And if you if you got the deep pockets and want to be a bartender, we will come do a live recording in your town. And no matter what level you sign in on, you will have access to recordings of the pre and post conversations we have. We just had an absolutely brilliant one with Rabbi Eli here about <laughs> about the name of god that cannot be named and the true name we actually revealed the true name which you know exclusive you know that. <laughs> hey it's your true rabbi sh- it's your rabbi ship on the line if you want to say if you want to put that out there that's on you okay so 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 yeah we we got we got we had a we had a lot of judaica going on there in that uh pre-show and i'm sure it will be a fun post-show conversation as well visit patreon.com to get started big thank you to our current patrons uh, we'll have some video clips up on all the socials, and you can join us, Twitter, Facebook, IG, YouTube, using the hashtag PTLive. That's all I got for you right now. That's all you got right now. Well, today we discuss some things that I don't know because I haven't read the questions. <laughs> we, part of, part, of, part of why Shannon might be a little... Part of why Shannon might be a little flustered and talk about in the pre-show. So if you want to get in on that, you know. Uh, no, uh, I am. So we are celebrating my, um, our oldest daughter's 12th don't give, birthday. Don't give it away because then they won't pay for the, for the, for the thing. 
Well, you can find out what we did if you are friends with me on Facebook or <laughs> on our. <laughs> Always a free option. <laughs> Always a free option. So um, we're going to find out. I'm going to find out with you all. I think we're discussing Halloween, right? Yeah. yeah. And broad, broad, broad Halloween. Broad topics. Halloween and hospitality. All right. So what are we drinking today, friends? Eli is our guest. You, you, you get all to right. Go over. So uh, for those on video, I got to show you this because half the fun is actually the can. There you go. I don't know Ooh. how you can tell. So this is uh, Sly Fox, a local brewery outside of Philadelphia. And the cans open up. And the whole thing comes off. What? And I'll just I'll move my camera for a second. You, you can, can see. Like, what? And it's like you're drinking out of a, a glass, basically, because the whole top pulls off. And it's delicious. I love it. Oh, so uh, they, I have a couple of them. They, they actually make a bunch with that same little top. But uh, oh, yeah. the one I'm drinking right now is one of my favorites called the, uh, the SRT Ale. SRT is the Schuylkill River Trail. Don't ask me to spell it, but Schuylkill is the, that's the river that runs through Philadelphia. Um, and uh, portions of this beer help to uh, to maintain this beautiful green space that runs along the Schuylkill River nice. here in Philly in the suburbs. Nice. Ogan, Eli's got multiple beers. Why can't I have multiple beers? <laughs> it's small, said, you know. Who said you couldn't? Did I say I you couldn't? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not sure where that accusation it's, came it's, from. I became a mama. T it's the anniversary of my mama day. I should get more than one. I, I was the one earlier who said we should have pre-show bears and show bears and post-show bears. So <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not sure where you were going with that. All right. Um, I, have, I, have, I have a regular sized open can <laughs> from the Captain Lawrence Brewing Company. It is called oh. Autumn, Autumn Blaze. There you can see uh, some nice, some nice oh, little Halloween. Yeah. Halloween okay. theme. Um, the the uh, portion of, of the this beer goes to maintaining my sanity. So, that's, <laughs> that's <how you're... laughs> which is also important. Uh, also right. very important. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a new respect for Brian for all those times he hosted and he had to go last with his beer because I'm like, man, I really want to drink my beer. Oh, so, yeah. uh, I am drinking a uh, pumpkin, a pumpkin. Oh, dogfish head. Dogfish oh, head. Fish. Um, so it's one of our yearly, our yearly favorites. I do, I do love the labels with the, it's a, it's a pumpkin heads that are jamming. Nice. And, you know, with nice guitars and whatnot. So it is, it is a, it's actually my first, um, I think it's my per first pumpkin beer of the year. I've had a lot of um, ah. Oberfest beers, but not, not pumpkin yet. It's officially officially Halloween season. It is. It is officially Halloween. You know, you know who has the best beer labels? Have you seen the beer labels on clown shoes? On who? Clown shoes. Clown shoes. Oh, oh beautiful. It's like that's artwork. It is. Oh, it it's is, beautiful. It is, it is. And their beers are absolutely delicious. And it's also out of my favorite brewery glass, which is drink everybody's beer. So there you go. Cheers. It's not necessarily my favorite brewery, but it's my favorite brewery glass. Cheers. Cheers to you as well. Mm. Mm. Yum. All right. Next, next time we'll have you go second so you can get to the beer Oh, well, that's that. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um, so favorite Halloween candy, least favorite. That's so I don't know if we're having this deja vu moment, but I feel we like had the we so covered this cotton candy with Eli. You had it. Right. Or, or the yeah. candy and we talked about no one. We talked about ghosts. Okay, let me that's let me right. Okay, I'm cutting this. Derek. What are you handing no. out for Halloween? No, what are you handing out? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I actually was just at Target this morning, so I have a very good recollection. I bought everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I was most excited about the dots and the nutrageous. Mm. You're the person in the world who likes dots. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> now, do you well, hand out? Do you hand out? Uh, party size or full size? You know, I was with my wife shopping, and I actually. Uh, uh, not to, you know, not to badmouth her. She's wonderful. But I wanted to go for the, the big ones. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, she, she said no. So all you neighborhood kids that are listening, you know, the reason you're getting the fun size. Just if, this is, if this is you not badmouthing your wife. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what it really looks like. She, she ixnated. I, I wanted to go for it. But yeah. Uh, someday. Remember, someday okay. we'll be that house, right? Eli, I'm with you. Like someday... I'll be the house with the big candy bars and the parents that come around and I'll hand them a beer or a little bottle of liquor. <laughs> we have a house near us that does little jello shots. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And I, yeah. Like, 
And I'm like, someday we will be them. But right now I have to take these kids around. And so I'm going to be the recipient. I'm going to let you give it to me. Yeah. Um, we just have too many kids in our neighborhood to give out full size. Like, I mean, is, we have yeah, hundreds of children in our neighborhood. So I, I do a combo. I do, I do fun size. We did do the chocolate this year. Um, I don't usually buy it because I eat it, you know. Yeah, you got to buy the bad stuff that you don't want to eat, right? Exactly, yeah. Almond Joys and Mounds. <laughs> Almond Nobody wants them. Mounds don't. Mounds don't, yeah. So, um, yeah, you got to be desperate, right, to eat the Almond Joys. Yeah, you like, really. You be just, and then you're, like, picking the dark chocolate off and just, like. <laughs> sucking some of the coconut, like, yeah. yeah. Um, no, so I, so I did get the, like, Snickers, Wix, Milky Way mix thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I got Halloween small packages of fun size cheese balls. Oh, what cheese so it's a little balls? salty and sweet. Oh, like actual like, like cheese puffy things? Cheese balls, like little cheese balls. They come mm. in a package like this, like like a snack size, like a fruit snacks or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Oh, yeah, so we're, so we're getting, a, my kids are getting, my neighborhood kids will get a little salty sweet with them. I like I think, that. Uh, mm. yeah, um, Sarah was very excited about approaching Halloween, especially now that we live in the neighborhood where her students live. So she, like, I don't know, two weeks ago, brought home, like, grocery bags full of, like, like the variety packed stuff things. I haven't cracked them open yet. Um, I have been, I have been um, eating my feelings by down in a lot of skittles over the last few days uh so that that's to go back to the favorite candy that's that's mine so always, always i remember that skittles oh yeah taste okay. the rainbow yeah what's what's the one what's the one thing you sneak out of the kids bags like what's twix. the one thing the twix twix and the skittles yeah that's def definitely definitely see i different. sneak the milk duds I'm all about the milk duds. If I ever, if I ever come across a, a little bag of the mini Haribo gummy bears, they're very rare. Mm -hmm. That's my oh, daughter's never going to know. Those are going to be gone. Those are going to be gone so quickly. Yeah, I have some in my briefcase right now. I have no idea what y'all talking about, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, they're the, they're the gummy bears that come in the gold package. Gold bear, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're incredible. They have to oh. be in the gold package. I will, like, I will. Don't get me wrong. I will eat other gummy bears, but like. They are not that gummy bear. They're the top shelf, top shelf gummy bear. Right, yeah. exactly. All right. You know. All right, good. Well, I hope that if you listener are in the position of not having hundreds of kids at your house and are able to afford the full size candy bar, um, I believe that our panel one hundred percent approves of I support that. Yep. It's a mitzvah. And if you don't, if you have some beers in the in your, you know, other you know, somebody brought some over and it's not to your taste, the parents will take them. Listen, we're not choosy on Halloween. We'll take whatever you give us. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. So what is interesting to me, and I love that this question is here, actually, because when you, you guys did kind of talk about ghosts and Halloween like a month ago. Yeah. So, and, and I listened to that episode, shockingly, because I was not on it, that, and Eli, you were talking about how, um, you know, Christ or um, Christians, it was a Halloween was originally a Christian holiday. Yep. And that's part of the reason why um, people in the Jewish faith didn't always practice it. And it was interesting to me yeah. listening because, and I was surprised Derek didn't bring this up on the show. He wasn't allowed to trick or treat as a kid because it was a pagan holiday. Even before it was Christian, right. the, uh, the OG, yeah. Yeah, so he, he, he like never trick-or-treated as a kid. I was really surprised that wasn't talked about, but. Oh, that's interesting. Our question is, what would you say to someone who believes Christians should not participate in Halloween celebrations? The day known as All Hallows Eve or All Saints Eve is celebrated on October 31st, the eve of the Western Christian Feast of All Hallows Day. Begins a three-day observance of All Hallows Tide. I feel like he like, went to the vault for this information. The time in which the liturgical year is dedicated to remembering the dead, including saints or hallows, martyrs, and all the faithful departed. So um, there's a little history. So what do we say to people who don't participate in the Halloween celebrations? Stop torturing your kids. Right? Like, 
I, so I so appreciated your comment about it's an American holiday, right? Like exactly what it is. Um, It's also, I think people put such a focus on like one day and, you know, I had this, so my, um, my brother and uh, my, his his wife, my sister-in-law is not Jewish. And for the first couple of years of their marriage with the girl, with their little uh, daughters, they didn't have a Christmas tree. And then, and they, you know, they really, they're raising the girls Jewish. And so it sort of made sense and they, it was fine. And then about, I don't know, a couple of years ago, as my niece was getting older, she really wanted a Christmas tree. And my brother and my sister-in-law were like so torn. And this is the rabbi telling me, I said, get a Christmas tree if you want. It doesn't matter. I said, it's one day a year. I say, you go, I see you, you go every week to Hebrew school. You go to service all the time. You do all the other holidays. Like, I think if someone is, you know, very devoutly, whatever their religion, and they're worried that Halloween is going to, you know, give a bad impression of their kids or somehow, you know, teach them all the wrong things. If you're teaching them the right things the rest of the year, I don't think one day is really going to make that big a difference. I think that is very sage advice. Indeed, indeed it is. So So can I tell you a little story about our preschool? (laughs) We had um, a family in the preschool that was Jehovah's Witness. Um, Mm. Is that it? Which is the one that don't celebrate birthdays and they, yeah they don't do birthdays they, they don't celebrate right. no birthdays no anything. no holidays no mm-hmm. right right okay so <laughs> and of course in our preschool we celebrate like all the holidays it's a it's a multicultural preschool it's you know all this so Halloween's a big thing and they dress up on Halloween and they go around to all of our offices they go to my office and I give them a sticker and you know do the whole thing and I mean and so she's I think she was in like the four-year-old's class last year and every single time the teacher said or the kids would say something about Halloween she goes it's the devil's holiday (laughs) (laughs) How, how old is she she was four, four and yes. her, like, <laughs> yes. down the hall. She would like, like scream it from her. Uh, like, it's the devil's holiday. <laughs> yes. Get them while like, they're I young. Oh. Her voice. oh my Lord. Her brother, her brother is now in the preschool, but he doesn't seem to be as charismatic as she was about Ugh. proclaiming the, <laughs> it's the Wait. day of Satan. So, you know what? Um, growing up in Barbados, it was not Halloween. Strictly wasn't observed in Barbados, but as I got older, and you know, all American holidays started to you know seep their way into everybody's mm-hmm. uh, global consciousness. Um, this was this was the thing that 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 the churches would speak out against Halloween. They would borrow from from the very uh, you know. Uh, not even traditional just brainwashed fundamental movements who were like this is halloween's about the devil and this is this is the day when apparently demons can come out and walk among us because everybody's dressed up anyways we won't know and we are put in our our mortal souls in more vulnerable position by doing these things and then you also have the old like you know urban legends of people sneaking things into candies to possess you and all that kind of weird stuff so there was all of that going on around uh you know in 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 a place far away as barbados i even remember uh mm-hmm. one time there was um a, a a cruise ship that was basically some kind of like pagan convention on a cruise ship or something coming through the Caribbean and they didn't want this poor ship to dock in Barbados because the witches and the wiz- the witches were coming on the cruise ship to Barbados to, to you know, <laughs> like that the island cruise you guys just took in February. Exactly. <laughs> right. Not, not, we weren't the witches cruise. Come on. But I'm just saying, so, so there was that level of like paranoia and misunderstanding wow. about, about, yeah. about, about the, about the, the event, about the holiday, and again, I always, I always say to folks, like, please, if you care this much, please do some research and realize mm-hmm. you know, so many of these you know, safe Christian holidays are either connected to or pulled from these same pagan holidays that you think are, you know, the devil's handiwork. Yep. Um, I don't know. We uh, This past Sunday at our church, we kind of we kind of messed with the kids' heads a little bit because what we told them was when you come in at the end of service, you will have baskets of candy that you will give to the adults, congregations. We, we kind of oh, wow. its head 
and and as a lesson of we're talking it was kind of a lesson of being in abundance and flow you give so that you shall receive that sort of idea yeah. Yeah. and my so when i talked to the the youth and family director afterwards he says they're just seeing the kids there were some kids who were like wait we're gonna be given the candy <laughs> we're supposed do, to receive all the candy do we get any so this is not for us is what you're saying like the poor kids they were just they it took a while to get them you know that's an awesome lesson though that's lesson in gratitude great and, oh, it, it was and and they came and they gave out a lot of candy and they still had more than enough for themselves to eat because we still had parents who were like we can't have you eating all the sugar Right. Anyways, so so it was it was, but it was fun to hear them trying to wrap their minds around. This is not how it's supposed to be, right? But but yes, it was it was good. You know, it's interesting in making a a decision for your family. You know, if you're religious and you're trying to decide whether to do Halloween or not, even if you believe that there are sort of these negative, you know, religious, satanic, whatever elements to the holiday, you gotta lift up all the positive things of like, you know, neighbors getting out, meeting each other, you know, seeing each other in the streets. I mean, there's something beautiful about that, that I think most religions would, would lift up. And so, you know, you've got to sort of balance it out in that way. Indeed. Now is, is, I think I did, I think I also did a little deep dive researching and found out that, that all, uh, all saints day, was originally in spring and they moved the church moved it to this time of year specifically to piggyback off of Halloween and turn it turn it more into a Christian festival sort of recognition. Interesting. Um, oh interesting. Well Eli's point brings us to our scripture quote which is from Hebrews 13, although this like most new New Testament echoes lots in the old testament but specifically one yeah. with abraham yeah um, i had quite a bit to think about when you were yeah. talking about when i saw that do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers this is hebrews uh 13 2 for thereby some have entertained angels unawares so this is of course a reference to um abraham and sarah um abraham them being the nomad and the story eli you can fill in like the story was that i understand yeah his tent actually opened to north, south, east, and west to, you know, bring people in. And and these three figures, these three angels showed up in the middle of the day, which is yep. very unusual, right? That they would show up in the middle of the day and, and he come on in and let me feed you. And they went and slaughtered the best calves and they did the best things. And and that's they're the ones that tell Sarah she's gonna have a baby and she laughs at him and then denies it and all that but that's that's kind of what hebrews that's what he's the writer of hebrews is referencing when they say you've for some have entertained the 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 readers of that text would have understood that as that moment with abraham oh yeah exactly no you you told the story so well it was actually that's coming up in our scriptural reading in just a couple of weeks and i was actually working with a bat mitzvah student on her sort of uh her little sermon that she's going to give about her portion, which is that portion. And it was interesting. The first thing she read when she said, I asked, you know, what did you think about this? She said, you know, Abraham's the one that gets all the credit, but Sarah was the one cooking, doing all the work. If you read it in the text, I think it's Genesis maybe 14 or something, 13, 14. Um, he, he immediately says, oh, come, let's sit down. Let me get you all this food. And then he yells to the kitchen, Sarah. Make him some dough. Uh, make him some dough. Damn patriarchy. <laughs> Listen, I preach. Exactly. I preach this. I was like, this 13-year-old young woman was amazing. She yeah, was, I preach this. She's like going to be speaking truth to power in a couple weeks. Um, I do the narrative lectionary, which is a fairly new lectionary series. And I preached it about a month ago. And and it was, it actually, I was thankful one of the commentaries pointed that out, right? That like, yeah. it. the text says Abraham Fed yep. them this giant meal. Like it's all him. It's all Abraham's tent. Abraham, who's actually who's responsible for the hospitality back then? Right, and it's and let's Sarah. also be honest that it wasn't just Sarah because they had many Hagar. We know yeah, of right, one of the maid servants and, and servants and and so yep. the credit needs to go where credit is due. Sarah exactly, may but serve this now and do yeah. this now, but the real work yeah. is being done. But nonetheless, right? No, it's a big. The other thing to remember is that Abraham right before this has just circumcised himself at the ripe old age of like 90 something. And wow. he's sitting there, cannot be very comfortable. And he jumps up 
to greet these guys. It's, it's really something. That is something. That's I a would... special detail right there. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's rendered, <laughs> rendered us all... Rabbi on the, uh, you know... <laughs> rendered us panel. all speechless for a moment there. <laughs> like, so, so, have, so, I actually... I, I, you know, we've been making fun of Brian a little bit the last couple of weeks because of his disconnect between questions. And, and we are not going to stop with this episode. We, well, we're not going to stop making fun of Brian. I actually want to say that, like, I think this is a beautiful melding of the idea of um, hospitality at thank- or at Halloween, Halloween. right? Yeah. Um, I, I love the idea that giving out candy on Halloween is actually an act of hospitality. Yep. I mean, yes, it's and it's, and any other time during the year, any other time during the year, you know, people are ringing your doorbell, knock on your door. You, you hide, I hide, the I curtains, hide. I hide. You know, <laughs> you got the chain on the door, <laughs> but now it's Halloween. You're not. You just throw it open and throw candy at the people. <laughs> it's Content. amazing for us to all be able to be like Abraham, have that wide open tent. You know, once a year, it's it's, it's incredible. No, I think it's great, and it, it really reminds me of the um, the way, um, particularly, uh, it's called something, and I, I forgive me for not knowing the term. But in um, Central American countries, I believe, they do an epiphany, a reenacting of the, of the Christmas story, mm-hmm. where two people are Mary and Joseph, and they go around for yep. three nights or whatever, and they knock. Knocking, and yeah. Yeah, until, and then say, no, there's, and they reenact this, right? No, we're sorry, and they shut the door, and no, we're sorry. And, and a lot of that, um, some of, one of my readings for, my doctoral class was on um, the kind of the Latin American um, reading of scripture and how much they identify with that migrant movement in, in scripture, um, the moving around um, in their culture. And I, I just think that's a really beautiful um, idea of being able to ask neighbors and answer neighbors. You know, we joke so much about, you know, I mean, not knowing our neighbors or maybe knowing like literally our neighbors. Right. But this is, I mean, this is a time where we, you may be dressed up in costume that you actually have no idea who you're serving. Right. And Mm. and when you think of it that way, it's really such a beautiful, truly selfless act. Exactly. Um, And especially if you've seen the prices of candy these days, like it is. (laughs) You got the king size, the full bars. (laughs) Right. Like, really, I should save up all year and give the kids full bars. I get it. I'll do it next year. <laughs> You're truly a good Christian. Give family, unto others you, know. as you would want to be given. I understand, Jesus. I get it. <laughs> Halloween, the true, the, the, the true meaning. The true selfless <laughs> act, Halloween. The true selfless holiday. Exactly. So have you ever experienced a moment of genuine hospitality or have you ever experienced hosting someone mm. that you thought was going to be a burden that ended up being a real gift? I think that's. You know, it's interesting. You, you were talking, Shannon, about sort of South America and I immediately went to sort of like the Middle East when we were thinking about sort of mm-hmm. hospitality and I think, you know, you think about that Abraham story and they're in the middle of the desert. It's hot. I mean, if you're walking in the middle of the desert, you could die. Hospitality is not just a sort of friendly, nice, you know, thing. It's, it's life and death. And so um, I was thinking about when I lived in Israel, actually, my first year and when I was in rabbinical school, one of our professors one day, it was a nice hot day. He said, I want you to go out into the neighborhood and knock on someone's door and ask for a glass of water. And yeah. in Hebrew, and like it was a Hebrew class. He wanted us to like work on our, but, and I was like, this is weird. Like if someone did this in America, they would be like, who are you? Why are you trying to rob me? They would and, hide in their guest room. Because <laughs> that's the one they can see their front door. Yep. From. And we did this in Jerusalem, you know, right near the old city and people invite you in and you start having conversations. And it was one of the most amazing experiences of hospitality that I've ever had. And obviously I, I think there's something different. I don't know. I've seen this when I've been to Abu Dhabi, when I've been to Morocco, in a lot of Middle Eastern and I guess Morocco, North Africa. But um, there's a different sense of hospitality. And I think the climate may be part of that in some ways. Mm. So I, to your yeah. question, Shannon, about, about you know, having hosting people, and it, it's maybe a burden that turns into a gift. Mm-hmm. Is it 
but isn't that every time you host someone though because because when you Maybe have people you. at your house <laughs> well i mean no but think about it your routine is disrupted right you you know and whatever your routine may be uh, sometimes there's there's a need to entertain you can't walk around the house like like <laughs> naked is that what you're gonna say right, naked <laughs> right can't walk i got distracted by her getting a second beer um brought, brought to her by the way my cry there you go uh, um you can't walk around the house naked or as partially clothed as you would like you know walk around the house naked maybe maybe your sex has to be quieter than usual okay I don't, that maybe yeah okay. okay so i'm saying i say uh you know it it is is it it is a disruption to to how you may normally do your daily living in some sense coming home is where you truly you know let all the you take the mask off to keep the halloween thing you keep you take the mask off you 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 take the rest of the world uniform you put on costume you put on off um to whatever various extent you put one on to be out in the world and you are yourself and when depending on who's who you're hosting or who's your guest to some extent there's still always a little bit more of that when when you invite people in, um, and at the same time, where it turns into the gift is that in the midst of all that, you you're still you're, you're still forming almost forced to form a connection and interaction with them because you want to find out what they're eating and you probably do meals together and you probably do things in the home together with these folks that you may not even have done with the people you live with all the time. So it does, it does turn into more of a interactive connective experience, but at the beginning, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta shift things around mm -hmm. um, to, to accommodate with, and every time there's a shift in, there's an inconvenience, but at the same point in time, that's, that's how, that's, that's a good thing. That's, Right. That, that gets you out of your, your routine, gets you out of yourself a little bit. Um, well, and so, that's yeah. a good point, because even in our story, I, I admit that I've always kind of thought of, I mean, Abraham and Sarah just sitting around bored, <laughs> right? Like, I mean... Like, he was, he was running the whole farm, man. Right. You know, like, there was flocks and yeah. work to be done and things happening and people come to him. He's the, you know, he's the patriarch of all of this, right? And, right, yeah. And, I, and all and that I, stuff still needed to get done. It right. isn't like that stuff stops. And so how you get all this stuff done in the midst you of... You know, in my mind, he's sitting out in a lawn chair, drinking a Mai Tai and, you know, having a good time. And these three people appear and he's like, come on in. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I don't know. So that's a, it's a good point. I, I am definitely um, the person that if you are coming to my house, like, there is another level of cooking there is another level of hosting yeah. i am on right and i and i enjoy it that is a genuine you know um layton who's one of our regular guests is you know she calls like the guest bedroom is layton's room right she's she has spent a nice. lot of time here and and i very much enjoy that you know we it's also an excuse to drink a little too much or stay up a little later than you would or um, right. it, it's also an excuse to break your routine, right? That, yep. that, well, okay, I can't finish the Americans tonight. So I'm going to, you know, go watch, you know, go talk to my friend about theology and life and fun. And <laughs> you know, how do you date when you're depressed and how do you do these things, right? Like all these conversations that you don't necessarily always have. Dating well depressed, you're right. I don't know that's a conversation <laughs> that the average person has. I've had that conversation so many times. <laughs> okay. I think I need new friends. Okay. I don't so know anyway. if that says more about I don't know if that says more about you or your friends. <laughs> I think it's more of Derek and I are um, very open about mental health issues. And so people okay. come to us for advice. I think that's du duly noted if I ever come to visit. <laughs> There's also a whole story about blue cheese stuffed olives, which I will not tell you now, but some other time. Let's post show. It. We'll hear it in the post show. All right, post show. <laughs> so, you know, nonetheless. Um, so the unexpected, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this and um, the hosting is where I feel comfortable. I do not feel as comfortable being hosted. Ooh. And that, oh no, I'm I'm the other way around. Are yeah, well, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> the narcissist in me is like, oh no, you wait on me. 
I, I mean, I do, I am, I do, I am a, how do I say this? I'm able to make myself comfortable in other people's homes, but I, I don't feel mm -hmm. in my own home, I'm still able to shed 90% of that layer of mask or whatever it is you want to call it in someone else's home. I never get to take that off for me. Mm. But maybe that's something I need to talk to my therapist about, but nonetheless, there it is. Maybe. <laughs> But I don't know, are you like, Eli, how do you do in other people's homes or in, when somebody comes into your home? I, uh, I get into someone's home. I, I tend to make myself perhaps too comfortable. You know, the pants are off. I'm sitting on the sofa. There you I'm go. Yes. Uh, yes. I, yeah, I, don't, I, I can't quite relate to, to sort of that, Shannon. I tend to sort of feel right at home very easily. But um, I... I definitely prefer the act of hosting. I, I love it. I love being able to be hospitable, but I try to remember, I want to let other people have that opportunity as well. And yeah. so we're, we're bad though. We're like always having people over our house and we our do friends do. are always trying to have us over. I'm like, no, no, come over, come over. I know. I'm like, no, come to me. <laughs> <laughs> See, and this might be me being selfish, but I'd rather go to them because I don't want to disrupt my routine that much. Like, like for me, for me, the home is like, I, I want this to be my self-care place at a lot mm -hmm. of times. And for me, when I'm hosting, it's, it's, it's less about, I mean, there, as I explained before, great benefits. And when the opportunities arise, I take it, but it becomes, a, it becomes another layer almost of, I don't want to say work, but less, less self-care mm -hmm. time when others are here, even though being in relationship um, is is a form of self care, you know, when you when it's informal yeah. in a, in a sense. So it's a bit it's a bit mm -hmm. of a paradox. So so for me it's for me what I've learned to do is be is to treat each situation honestly. So if it's a situation where where for example someone might say, hey, I'm I'm coming to Boston these dates, uh, you know, you got room for me to crash on the sofa. For me, it's always. Let me look at the calendar and see what else is going on in my life at the time. Uh, you know, how truly do I, do I feel about this and be, be honest with myself? Because if I'm bringing folks into my space and I'm in, for whatever reason, a place of resentment about them being there because my life at that time is going to be full and almost overwhelming, then that's mm -hmm. really not welcome into them. I'm bringing them into no, some, I think, yeah. some I think toxicity. That's very so, healthy. Yeah. That's so you got to, you got to balance it out boundary. a little bit. I, th I mean, yeah. really, I, I think that's a very healthy boundary. We, uh, Derek has a lot of, you know, kind of social anxiety. And so we, I mean, we do go to a lot of things. It's not paralyzing, right? And he's, he talks about this openly, but, but having someone over to our house isn't, isn't that good for him, right? Like he's very- Yeah, because it's your safe space in that way. And Exactly. And, and so that, that has always helped in asking people to come over here. Um, but I, I think there's, there's an element to keeping this ours right? And yeah. not letting too many people in that is, is healthy actually, right? Especially yeah. if, you're, if you need that recharging time, especially those of us that spend, that are in helping professions, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Like, and, and I bet Sarah would say the same thing, teaching, right? There's some oh, yeah. space that I need with my home. She barely wants me here when she comes home from work. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think I'm kidding, but I'm not. <laughs> In your work, do you ever open your home up as sort of, you know, in that role as a, as a pastor, as a teacher, sort of have people in there? Very rarely. Uh, rarely, yeah. So we've hosted a couple of our, so, ahead, a couple of our Cuban pastors. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that is that that's the only time that, that, that I'll host the ones that I'm actually really good friends with. Yeah. They're, they're on this like month or two month tour of all these churches and about every two nights they're sleeping in someone else's house. And the ones that I'm genuinely close to that we have a, a real bond, I'll bring them into the house because I know that's the only time in those two months that they can actually relax right. yeah. because we have such a special bond. They don't have to be on they that whole time. Yeah. You know, and that's real hospitality when someone can can not have to be on. It's yeah. Right. So that's 
that's about the only time i'll be honest that's really it yeah because it's it's our self-care this this place is our self-care place our our homes to your point shannon about people need to help in the teaching professions so so in a sense to 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 have folks over for whom we have to be on for is 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 can be taxing as well so so it's not that it never happens it just rarely yeah. happens um, right so yeah. wait i wanted to bring up something though about this the hebrews verse you don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers and the other old testament story that it comes up for me is uh, uh with with lot and which comes right after that i was, yeah, I was right. thinking about yeah. that as well yeah exactly and how that that took a whole other turn <laughs> Um, who's willing to toss his daughters out in the street by the way right those, i mean guys, i like, mean that's messed up a little too much hospitality <laughs> yeah so tell, so tell the story for us tell the whole story so 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 again so here we are in i forget was it sodom or gomorrah i forget which city it was it's like the twin cities it's like the Minneapolis, st paul it's all the same. there you go <laughs> <laughs> no offense to our minneapolis st paul listeners not compared to the sodom and gomorrah we're not doing that <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so 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 the angels show up, and and I don't I don't remember if Lot knows the angels. I don't think he does. But they show up, and and yeah. the, and the and the supposedly men of the village come out and said, "Take you know, give us these people because we want to know them." Um, it's, it's know it's, them by the way. Know them. It is yeah. like the number. She's doing one. quotes for those not on video. Um, yeah. Air quotes. Air quotes know them. Know. To know someone in the biblical sense. In the biblical sense, we Means want to have we want it. to have Congress with them. Yeah. Um, so so it's it's like probably one of the most quoted stories for the anti anti homosexual uh, mm -hmm. uh, crowd to say this is why sex is an abomination because this town was destroyed was destroyed because people men wanted to have sex with other men. Um, That's and not why it was because they wanted to rape them. It it right <laughs> it, it was a whole thing. against their will. Etc. Etc. Anyway, go ahead. Later in Ezekiel, we it it plainly states that the sin of of Sodom was one of inhospitality. What is the word? Inhospitability. You weren't welcoming. In they were not hospitable. Not, not hospitable. hospitable. Right. No they were inhospitable. Thank you. Okay. They were well, inhospitable. Our second beers. What are your, what's your... <laughs> I realize I'm the only one not on my second beer. Uh, I didn't realize uh, it was a two beers. Inhospitable. So they were inhospitable. <laughs> Sin of Sodom was inhospitability. Um, there was no inhospitability. <laughs> there were, you know, there was the injustice of those who have it not sharing with those who had. It was a whole host of other things. It was, yes. and and when we do the when we do the deep dive into the history and the customs, it was also about um, you know you know the idea of of one group of people conquering another group of people, and and as a result of the winning of the battle, you debased the men soldiers debased mm -hmm. the losing soldiers by raping them and treating them like women because there's nothing worse you can do to a man than treat him like a woman. So there was so there was that whole element of it, but. You know, these guys roll in, Lot hosts them, Lot takes the strangers in, refuses to give them over to the mob. Um, as Eli stated, he even offered up his daughters um, to the mob. Right. And, exactly. and that. And let's be honest, what is more hospitable than offering up your daughters? Seriously? You know what? Every, every, everything in moderation. That, that, was, that was just creepy. Come on in, have a glass of water, a couple bites to eat. My daughters. You know, my daughters. So, so interestingly enough, quick quick segue, Shannon. Interestingly <laughs> enough, not sure where you're going here, Ogan. <laughs> I know, right? I this inside joke because Shannon was pointing out how that's like my my one of my go-to phrases. But um, this summer, I was in Barbados, being uh, being an LGBTQ advocate and supporter, and you know, calling out the churches for them not following Jesus' mandate of loving each other, and and people wrote into the local paper, you know, letters to the editor and quoting a lot of scripture at me. And one of them was this, was this story. And I had to, and I had to write back and say, like, this is not what, this is really not what the, the sin was about. Like, mm -hmm. you know, come on guys, do it, do it, do it, do a deep, please do a deep dive on your, on your biblical history um, and so on and so forth. But, but here we go back to the story. So, so lot does not, give the strangers to the mob 
and at some point these strangers reveal themselves to be angels the mobs same paralyzed. angels that were just with abraham exactly okay. same angels yeah. the mobs paralyzed and and I guess God's decided he's going to rain down fire and brimstone, destroy the city. Lot and his family are allowed to escape. They said, don't look back. The wife does, and she turned into a pillar of salt. And Never understood I, that one. Never even. Neither. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That seems a little harsh. <laughs> well, and I love, I mean, again, this is one of my favorite stories because of Abraham's, like, negotiation, right? Like, right. Like, I'll find amazing. 100 people. And God's like, all right, go find a hundred people. And Abraham. <laughs> oh, but what if what if there were five less? Come on, God, you're gonna, you're gonna destroy a whole city for five right. people. Exactly. What's five people between yeah. friends? Right. Exactly. I call right. it the talking God back from the ledge. <laughs> so, yeah, so. like, well, and I I love how it's often like Abraham question or Abram. I think he is. I don't know. He's but, Abraham by this point. Abraham, yeah. that Abraham questions God. I'm like, no, no, no. This is full on Shark Tank negotiation, yeah. right? Exactly. It's awesome. Like. Like no, 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 I will, I will, I will bring. I mean, that's why. Oh, we lost the channel. Which, which brings to mind the bigger question is like, okay, so if we employ effective enough negotiation tactics, are we changing God's mind, or is God setting up the whole thing to? I think God was. I think it was God, all set up. I think it was, it was all, all set up, and God was placating Abraham. Like, hey, what's yeah. another day? Go have some fun. <laughs> I um I you know the text right before it God says should I reveal what I'm about to do to Abraham because Abraham is to be the father of great nations right. I I think it was a test of the covenant I mean look at what happened with God and Noah God said to Noah I'm going to destroy the whole world Noah was like all right cool <laughs> God have a great time God see you later <laughs> God said Abraham I'm going to destroy the city Abraham's like no that's not cool God like. And, and that's because I think God and Abraham, they're in covenant. They're in a different sort of relationship than, than, than people before that. You know, and, this is the beginning. Let's not overlook the trauma that surviving the Great Flood caused to Noah. I he mean, dude, has a few, has a few years, man. Has, exactly. Like, I <laughs> got a drunk. we dealing with these days. Exactly. <laughs> I got a drunk out what I just saw and experienced and survivor guilt and all that nonsense. I gotta, yeah. Not I cool, love that God. Not I, cool, God. <laughs> I've never thought of uh, Noah getting drunk after the flood as survivor guilt. I like that. But see, uh, why not? No, right? I, no, I it's, it makes so much sense. True. I have this image, and it might be because of the movies of the rain starting to fall, the arc door is closing, and people are like, "Oh shit, this is happening!" And they're running up, pounding under the arc door, let us in. Oh, dude, that's. <laughs> And Noah standing yeah, there is like, no. I, I can't. I'm sorry. Like, the Absolutely. door's sealed. Oof. I can't do anything about it. And well, he's and watching hundreds of people around the ark drown. Like, that messes with the guy. It's the a cute little story we tell our kids. Right? <laughs> and then the world it. dries <laughs> up. And there's what left? There's these, these water-soaked carcasses everywhere. There you go. Animals, exactly. plants, people. Like... Yeah, he gets really drunk. That is the most human thing ever. Can't, can't blame him. Like, I cannot blame him, and I cannot blame his sons either, or his wife, or his, you know. Yeah. I, I just, I don't. I don't blame Noah at all for any of that. And it had to be a little stressful with a bunch of animals wanting to run wild, and they're confined in Oh, my God. In, Can in you, world. every time I preach a story, I'm like, yeah. just for a moment, <laughs> the smell. Like, we just... <laughs> I never even like to take one dog on a on a road trip. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? Can we just talk about the smell for one minute? Because, like, at the end of three days, they like open a window, and I'm like, oh my god! Uh, which is yeah. basically this all brings us back to why when trick or treating me to be giving out alcohol exactly. to parents because it's what you had to deal alcohol. with. Exactly. <laughs> It's basically the same sort of dealing post-traumatic exactly. and you know, Big. there's the all these wild guilt, the smell, it's running all, around, exactly, going door to door, begging to be let in. Yeah, yeah, and after uh, all that, I, I, you, I'm going to be like Noah on Halloween. I get it, man. There right? you go. And then your kids become teenagers and turn into these angry, angsty, like blaming you for everything <laughs> sort of creatures. And it's like, we, 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 you wouldn't be here without us. Come on. Parenting, well, man. I do. I mean, I do. Um, 
yeah, to we're, we're as we start to wrap up here today, I just um, with, uh, one, let's not give out pillars of salt for um, Chris or for Halloween. <laughs> what holiday are we on? For Halloween. 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 For Halloween, I think I think that's I think we'll definitely say that's inhospitable um, to give out pillars definitely. of salt. But you know, maybe some nougaty bar. That's not so bad, you know. Nonetheless, but um, I really so the so let's end with a last question because if if we do take this time as a religious holiday um, to celebrate those who have as as we say in church, those who have gone before us, right? Um, all of those who have have died in faith before us. Um, is there any kind of remembrance this time of year that you that you do or you recognize that um, your or your church wants to share? Uh, no, strangely no. enough, we never we never do that or or see that see this as a time for that. Mm -hmm. um, granted, granted, unity is so departed from the you know traditional Christian calendar and observances that it's 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 not it's really recognizable um but but we may do things like that around um memorial day so not just okay. um extending observances to those who died in in you know serving in the military but to all those who passed on so we may extend it there um but but not usually around now and um, and and so there's no also there's no observance right of, of All Souls Day. We recognize <laughs> Halloween. Halloween is kind of what we observe now. You know, kind of like you know, uh, for some Mardi Gras is the big celebration, but for a lot of folks, maybe uh, Lent kind of has a stronger implication. I think, um, but but the party the party before the somber observance started is, I think, more and more starting to gain more more weight yeah and do you want yeah to so yeah so in judaism we have it it happens a couple to the service called yisker yisker in hebrew means like remembrance to remember and actually so we just had the the last this whole month was the jewish high holy days right when we have like rosh hashanah yom kippur we just finished sukkot which is actually all about hospitality, um, where we, we build these little huts and we welcome people into our homes. Um, and at the end of Sukkot, the, the final uh, service in Sukkot, we have a Yisker service where we remember everyone who's died over just the past year. And um, it's a really, it's a beautiful service. We do it at Yom Kippur as well. We do it at the end of Passover as well. And um, Anyone who's lost someone that year comes to services. We sing some special prayers. We read all the names of everyone who passed away in our congregation that year or relatives of people that passed away in our congregation. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful moment. So I, I think it, yeah. it's, it's an important part of our tradition. That's nice. We, we um, don't, or actually the churches that I've served, um, so some Presbyterian churches do, but we really don't celebrate an All Saints Day but it's a lot like what you just described when they do it's yeah. people that died in the last year and there's prayers and remembrance. Um, you know, I was recently watching, this is probably a topic for another day, but um, I'm a big Downton Abbey fan. I went and saw the movie and you know, all of yes. that. And as I was watching the movie, I was rewatching all the show and you know, I, I miss almost the bands that, so when somebody died, they would wear a black band on their yeah. arm. Mm -hmm. And I and I was thinking about it and just going, how helpful would that be, right, in life if we still had traditions like that, where, you know, I'm grieving and it's yeah. pretty recent, right? Um, I live in Baltimore and Elijah's Coming Death is is really the um, representative, the mm. house representative of Elijah Cummings. Um, he was, I mean, he was a Baltimorean all the way, 100%. And, and just the cities continuing, it's going to continue to mourn. Um, I think as a country, we're going to mourn that voice in our House of Representatives, right? Um, that sit-in that happened a long time ago, he was the first person to sit down and say, stop, stop, yeah. enough. You know, and just, just, we've moved to such a moderate leadership, right? Things like that. And, and we've lost this ability in our churches, even in, I mean, we have a funeral service or whatever, but 
but to remember that mourning and grief happens. Yeah. It's a cycle, right? We've talked about that over and over again. And so I really love the idea of an All Saints Day or a day of remembrance um, that that we don't always always get. And and maybe you know I I'm I think I would be pro untying it to the American holiday of Halloween. <laughs> I think the two don't. But we should still have candy. But we, we still need listen Definitely. because when you're mourning, you want to eat chocolate. Oh, I'm just saying that the <laughs> next Skittles. day. I shouldn't have to get up or and Skittles. Like, my ancestors, right? Or whatever. Like, well, to your, I, I think we do still have the black armbands. We call it social media now. If, uh, you know, we can, we can post and share to a wider community. Lift up those. Yeah, mm -hmm. that we're doing yeah, that. But the it, problem it is the problem. too long. Well, the problem, well, that's up to, well, for two reasons. One, that's up to the person wow. who's posting. Just today I made a post about, I went to see my daughter for parents weekend in college two weekends ago. And, as much as that was an experience of, of joy and elation to see her finding her groove and making connections and living her passion and loving the city of Chicago. And it gave me so much joy. For me, it was, it was a huge grief trigger because here she is in this momentous point in her life and her mother's not here with us to witness it. And I've been in that funk for over a week now. Sure. And I just posted about it. But a lot of people are unfortunately in the social media. Um, we only post the, you know, the curated positive version mm -hmm. of our lives. And we don't authentically bear our vulnerable selves who are hurting and in mourning and in grieving and sad. Uh, you know, that's, that's not the norm on those platforms. But right. we can make it. We can make it that. And, right. And I try to do that. And we should, we should be, I mean, and I try, like, we should be more authentic there. We should be. We, you know, and, and I think that's, that's part of all of this is not that my, my life in faith is to not live a life of hospitality in general, but it's always helpful to know, you know, and, and I don't, I mean, I'm not even saying that armband lasts for 30 days, right? That that's going to solve all the problems. But I, it's, I love the, I love the armband with the expression, bearing your heart on me, right? right? That, that knowing today you need a little more tenderness and a little more love, mm -hmm. right? Like that would be wonderful. And I wish, I wish that we would be more open to that, to say. More I, vulnerable. Exactly. To say, I need to be hosted today, right? Like, mm. um, I need. I need you to take me in today, just yeah. for this moment. Yeah. Um, in Judaism, we have the uh, the shiva, right? And people actually do. There's a it's called the kriya ribbon that they wear um, instead of uh, rending, like literally ripping their clothes, like right. they used to in ancient times. We pin a little ribbon on the mourner and we rip the ribbon, and then they wear it traditionally for that period of shiva, the yeah. seven days of mourning when they're in their home. And the idea is that they're in their home or the home of the deceased, but they're meant to be hosted. And they're supposed to sit the whole time. Mm -hmm. People are supposed to bring food in. People are supposed to greet them. And it's it's that sort of reverse hospitality in that way. Exactly. And it's being vulnerable, allowing people to to have the opportunity to to help you. And I think I mean let's so as a parent going around trick or treating, you know, I I love that we're having this conversation. I want to keep all of this in mind. Is that you know every house I visit, I don't know the situation that those houses mm. are in. Yep. I don't know the moments that they're in in life and I don't know what's happening. And so even if I'm standing on the sidewalk waiting for my kids to run up and come back, I can <laughs> in that moment, right, bless the house or bless whatever's mm. happening in it or give gratitude to just giving my children candy and being gracious and kind. You know, I and and I I do believe that just having that moment even if we just run up trick or treat and say thank you and run away is somehow putting some goodness and into the world. Right. And that God is yeah. thankful for that in some way. Oh, beautiful. Whatever his or her name may be. So. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and we've come full circle. And we come full circle. Well, a big thank you to our guest, Eli. Eli, it's always a pleasure to have you. Thank oh, you. so much fun. This is, I'm getting, a, I'm getting to be a pro now. Time number two. Right. I know. Or three actually in total. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where, you know where all the snacks are kept now. You know what's in the fridge. Make yourself at home. Take the pants <laughs> off. Home. 
I feel I feel I feel so hospitable. <laughs> uh, we'd like to thank our uh, the originator of pub theology who came up with our crazy questions today, Brian Burkoff, and to our um, producer Derek Weston who is editing our show from now on. Thank you, Derek. Um, and I have to listen to us twice because you know I'll listen to it editing later. Spread the news and connect with us on social media. You can listen to us anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, or Google Podcasts. Watch us on um, IGTV, on YouTube, on Facebook, or Instagram. Well, IGTV is Instagram, yeah, apparently. Did you not know that? <laughs> um, Instagram TV. I yeah, recently IG. found that out. Oh, I'm dear. a little slow sometimes. Oh, dear. <laughs> If you would like to find or create a pub theology in your town, go to pubtheology.com slash directory. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations.